Good afternoon, and welcome to Revenue Marketing Television, the video channel dedicated to thought leadership from the world's top marketing executives and thought leaders. I'm your host, Jeff Pedowitz, President and CEO of the Pedowitz Group. Today's guest is Michael Brennan. Michael is CEO of Marketing Insider Group, co-author of The Content Formula, and former head of strategy for NewsGrid. Michael is an accomplished author, keynote speaker, and recognized top business, content, and social media marketer. He's a passionate evangelist for customer-centric marketing that drives real business results. Pleasure to have you today. Welcome, Michael. Thanks, Jeff. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. So content's been around certainly for a long time as it relates to marketers. We all know that. But is it different in 2016? Do you see the role of content changing as it relates to driving demand? Yeah, I mean, I think it's changed dramatically, although the, the elements of effective content have been the same. You know, and I, I love to say that storytelling has been around since the, you know, the, the, the dawn of man. And, uh, you know, the, the day we emerged from caves, we, you know, started to tell stories to try to convey important pieces of information and, and to get people to do stuff. And, and we, we knew that passionate, emotional stories were the best way to do that. I think what's happened is, um, mass media, the dawn of the mass media, fifties and sixties, mad men era, um, kind of forced us to get away from the, the, the ability to tell effective stories as brands. Uh, and now the digital world is kind of creating that correction, right? So the digital, social, mobile world that we all live in um, isn't one where we just tune out advertising messages that we don't want. We actually, I think, have become negatively influenced by uh, interruptive ad uh, advertising and promotional techniques that don't help us. Uh, and so, yeah, I think content has always been around. Storytelling has always been the best way to get a story across. Um, and I think the digital world we live in is forcing brands to really think about how to how to utilize content uh, to effectively meet the needs of their audience as opposed to meet the needs of their business. So you mentioned certainly storytelling and getting the brand promise across. It's always been a part of good content creation. But do you see skills changing too? to create content in today's environment? And if so, what are they? Yeah, when I when I talk to CMOs, I always ask them the same question. What's the biggest challenge or what keeps you up at night? However, you know, whatever flavor of that question, and we probably all ask them. Poor CMOs get that question so much, I'm sure. But um, almost every single one, if not all of them, have said that, you know, the relationship they have with their CEO is the number one most important thing. Number two uh, is showing a measurable business-like return on investment for marketing activities. And number three is, is skills and talent, uh, uh, you know, modern skills and talent in their mar marketing organization. And, and, and maybe a fourth would be culture. So, yeah, skills are extremely important. What I think um, CMOs are struggling with is the, uh, the folks that can sort of do both right brain, left brain thinking, you know, thinkers and doers, uh, art and science, um, uh, you know, engineers that can also paint pictures, you know, those kinds of people uh, are tough to find. And, you know, they're not, they're not truly unicorns in the way that some people, you know, call them that maybe they're myths and maybe they don't exist. Um, I think there's plenty of us uh, who have grown up in the digital world that understand that it's a combination of those two things. We can we can do creative programs and also you know demonstrate the measurable success of those things. Um, but I think those those are really the two main challenges that uh, um, or skills that CMOs are facing. I, uh, uh, Scott, Bol I'm sorry, um, Mike Volpe, 
former CMO at HubSpot used to articulate this in the form of dark, um, digital analytical uh, people who understand how to obtain reach and conversion with content. Um, I love that analogy and that acronym, um, and I think that, that pretty much sums up the skills that CMOs are looking for. So are they teaching that in today's uh, schools, or are people kind of have to learn it on their own? That's interesting. Um, you know, it, I, I actually have a, an, a, a college uh, incoming sophomore intern on my team, um, also advising a couple of folks who are incoming seniors at a local university who have uh, just launched a startup. And, uh, you know, a couple of different schools, you know, just about every time I talk to a university student, they don't teach content marketing. In fact, a lot of students don't know what content marketing is. Um, I think, unfortunately, universities are teaching what we all know as traditional marketing. And, and one of the things I say is that marketing has a marketing problem. And what I mean by that is that, you know, when I asked my mom when I was going into marketing what she thought marketing was, she said, you know, it's advertising. Um, and if you ask, like, you know, attorneys and, and, and you know, uh, doctors and people that aren't in the business world what marketing is, they think of sales or, or advertising. Um, marketing is a marketing problem largely because that's what we teach in college. We teach people to advertise we teach, um, you know, how to maybe how advertising and sales are part of the marketing organization or marketing function. Uh, we don't, I don't believe, uh, teach. I mean, I remember learning. Uh, I, I remember this classic textbook definition of marketing was a conversation. I remember this two-way dialogue happening between a company and a customer. It was a really simple diagram. I just don't know that we're teaching that even in the digital world that we live in today. So I think that uh, universities have, have a long way to go to to teaching modern marketing techniques. So then if they're not teaching it and if there's a shortage of supply, what are some strategies I guess some executives can do? I mean, how, how do they get dark <laughs> with, with yeah. uh, potential employees? Well, you know, there's two trends. So number one is there's a, a lot more incidents of college uh, uh, graduates who want to start their own company or join startups, right? And so, you know, we've seen this sort of startup culture um, uh, you know, has really been around since the first internet uh, 1.0 correction back in late 90s, early 2000s. Um, you know, kids want to be part of something they believe in. And uh, kids, I call them kids, young professionals want to be part of something they believe in uh, and something that they maybe feel some ownership to. So we're seeing that um, at, at significantly higher numbers than when I graduated or, you know, maybe you graduated. Um, so that's on the talent side. On the On the corporate side, um, you know, my, my advice to CMOs is to find those folks who didn't make it on the startup, you know, world that maybe are ready, uh, you know, at the uh, stage in their professional career to join a large company and to make a difference. You know, I, I joined companies large and small. And one of the benefits of large companies is you can do big things that have big impact. And so there are going to be, you know, I think folks that have those skills that have learned growth hacking uh, or growth hacker marketing, which... Uh, what I always called, you know, my, my experience as a CMO of a startup, um, how to do marketing without a budget. Um, now I think they call that growth hacker marketing or growth hacking, but you know, it's, it's basically how do you achieve results with very little resources? Um, that is a skill that CMOs even at even large organizations are going to need more and more. So are there certain ways that CMOs are organizing their teams to embrace for this? Cause it sounds a little bit like agile too, right? Just trying to, uh, yeah, right it, now. It, Agile is definitely a big part of it. You know, agile, you know, uh, um, intense deadlines, short sprints, um, you know, all of those very clearly defined sort of objectives and milestones. I think those are those are components of an effective sort of marketing organization. 
Um, you know, what I see is uh, the sort of the, the disaggregation of channels. Um, many large organizations still in marketing have the paid media team and the social media team and the web team and the campaigns team and the email team and those silos have got to be broken down. Um, those are really just distribution mechanisms for, for effective content and even marketing promotional messages. Um, and so, you know, I think what effective um, organizations are doing are really organizing around an integrated media approach, integrated across digital, mobile, social, web, um, offline event, uh, et cetera. Um, I think we're seeing, um, we're seeing a marketing technology uh, stack and a marketing technology expert uh, kind of emerge in a lot of organizations. I think marketing operations, is, as you well know, um, is still a really um, sort of a focused discipline that I think a lot of marketing organizations are focused on. Um, but the whole channel-based sort of organization, I think that's dead or quickly dying. Um, so I think we're looking at maybe if we can define them, technology, um, content, uh, and distribution. I think those are really some of the, some of the key areas that we're seeing. So you mentioned marketing technology. Are, are you seeing technology specifically for content and, and content operations? And um, if so, is it is it effective? Yeah, you know we. Um, I, so I'm the former head of strategy at a content marketing technology platform, NewsCred. Um, there's certainly you know which is a great tool, and and there's uh, you know they're doing very well. There's a number of other platforms out there, um, just to name a few. Some of the leaders are Contently, Skyward, Percolate, Compost. Um, I think I hit all the big ones. Um, and I'm sure there are others, you know, there's a ton of others, uh, and all of these companies are seeing success. I think the biggest competitor that they all face is WordPress. Um, I think, uh, you know, the, the stats I've seen vary from 40 to 60% of all websites, um, in the world are run on WordPress. And so, um, at SAP, we build a content marketing platform using WordPress. Uh, I think Google analytics is a free analytics platform that I think is being used by 80%. Um, was the last stat that I saw 80% of all websites. And so, you know, the largest competitor to a single technology platform are these open source or free tools that are out there. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, every company needs to understand what their specific use case is, make sure that they're defining, you know, very clearly what that is and then finding the best provider of that. Um, one of the tools, if you're asking me for a tool recommendation, I'm happy to provide. Um, this is an unpaid endorsement, but uh, BuzzSumo, I just did a webinar for them earlier today um, and and, uh, and apologize for my Mark Zuckerberg uh, um, hoodie wear and my, uh, um, my uh, renovation happening behind me. I wasn't ready for, for video today, so I apologize to your audience, but... Um, uh, but uh, BuzzSumo is a tool that I use that uh, it's very affordable. It's even free for a certain amount of results. And and in my mind, I use it every single day because I think every company could use it to identify what their audience is interested in from a topic perspective, what type of content their audience is sharing around that topic, what sources they go to for that information, and which influencer influencers are most important. And so with one tool, BuzzSumo.com, I don't think BuzzSumo even knows the value of what they have. Um, and I keep talking to their team about uh, about that. But, um, but that's one tool I would recommend in the arsenal of every marketer today. Okay, no, very encouraging. I'll have to definitely have to check that out. Um, so once you get going with content, besides typical impressions, engagement, are there certain outcomes or metrics that uh, executives should be looking for with a good content strategy? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to give you one answer, right? The answer to this question is often, well, it is always, it depends. And so, uh, 
content marketing ROI. So I wrote a book, The Content Formula, co-authored The Content Formula with a former colleague, Liz Bedore. And we, we wrote that book because it was the biggest question we heard on the minds of, of senior marketing executives at, at brands all over the world. The, the thing with that question is, number one, it was often posed as a defense mechanism. So I want you to sort of, you know, and, and I'll, I, since we're on video, I'll give you the visual. The question was often asked like this, you know, what's the ROI of content marketing? And it was more of a defense mechanism than an actual question around measuring value. So putting the defense mechanism aside, the resistance to change, um, the, the actual measurement question starts with what's the objective. So that's why it depends. The objective can be reach engagement, conversion, retention, um, different variations of those four. Those are the four main objectives, I think, of any marketing program. The measurement of value that comes from each of those can be, you know, can be somewhat different. And so in the book, we actually use 10 actual formulas that any company can use to kind of quantify the return, at least on, on content marketing. Um, but I think the same can be true of marketing overall. Um, if you force me to give you one answer, I will say subscribers – are a secret ingredient to measuring effectiveness. And what I mean by that is subscribers are people that are saying, your top content is so good, Jeff, at the Pedowitz Group, that I'm going to opt in to receive that. I'm going to invite you into my already overcrowded inbox every single day or week or month or whatever the case may be. That's a huge vote of confidence in today's oversaturated world. And so we advise our clients to really focus on optimization around the subscription uh, conversion metric. Subscribers are also a measure of reach because they're people you're, you're reaching that are highly engaged. They're a measure of engagement by definition. They're a measure of conversion by definition. And, and subscribers often drive retention as well. So subscribers have value along alongside of the fact that they're just a, you know if you asked for one sort of key metric to look at subscribers have value in the form of you can monetize your your email database and so um, subscribers are the one answer that I will say kind of go, do go across whatever objective that you have and I interviewed Joe Polizzi the other day he mentioned the same thing it's um, been a hot hot buzz uh, buzzword in the whole content marketing industry focus on subscriptions so just curious I asked him a, a same follow-up question but um, what percentage of content then should be ungated and available versus what percentage should be offered to your subscribers? That's always a challenge, I think, for executives to figure out how much to yeah. lay out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, you know, there, there, for a while there was a rule in social media called the 411 rule, and the 411 rule was, if you haven't heard of it, uh, for every six pieces of content you send out, Four should be someone else's because you want to tell the audience that you're curating and sharing thought leadership from not just yourself but from others. For every one piece of thought leadership content you share, for every one piece of let's say gated or promotional, you know, come to our event, click here to register kind of content. Um, I always believe that that should have been it should be more like a nine one one rule. Um, I, you know, again, the answer is I think everyone should test it, but. You know, I, I believe that we live in a world that's really resistant to promotional messages and we tune out um, any kind of brand that sounds like they're only out for themselves and out to sell something and out to promote something. So I think, I think you know, I believe in sort of over maybe engineering the thought leadership side of the equation. Um, and then I think you'll see a higher conversion rate on that one piece that you do maybe gate or promote. Um, now there's even a movement, if you know Scott Brinker, a marketing technologist, uh, um, uh, MarTech blog, I think, uh, you know, he, he's talking about and, and just published a case study on a brand that tested ungating everything. 
And uh, now they're selling free tri they're selling trials to software, cloud-based software. And so because they have a relatively easy conversion to, to product or to, to customer, um, they can do that. And they believe that their product experience is so superior that just simply getting more people in at the top of the funnel and then driving direct to a conversion for a great product experience or what, in their opinion, is a great product experience, um, that is showing and has proven by this one company to work. Uh, I believe in that approach if you've got that really compelling product experience. Um, for most brands, I think we need to do, you know, 10 pieces of early stage content for, you know, every one piece of middle stage content for, you know, for every one, um, you know, attempt at direct conversion. That's good advice. So in, in closing, uh, for the next executive that's getting ready to start their content strategy, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say, you know, resist the natural tendency of the company to want to promote itself. Um, I say, you know, you're like a parent. You you have children, your products and, and your even your employees are like your children, and we're all proud of those babies that we've birthed. And and it's natural to want to talk about and to promote the great stuff that they're doing. Um, but but to truly think about and put your customers first means that you have to give away your thought leadership, your expertise, the things that you know, that and, and to share the passion that you have as a company. So my advice would be to you know become an authority, become an authority in your space by sharing first and educating your audience by sharing first your passions and expertise and then inviting that audience in to, to, you know, to join your family and become part of the product experience. That would be my advice to CMOs coming up today. Absolutely great advice. Michael, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Jeff.